Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I'm Quinn, your keeper of monster and mysteries. With me today are Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle, and I play Alvin the Monstrous. Hannah. Hello, I'm Hannah, and I play JR the Crooked. And Tio. Well, hello, hello, hello. I'm Tio, and I play Constance the Expert. Last time, the three of you returned to the studio after your showdown in the Plane of Memory. After some emergency medical treatment from Cecilia, Mr. Blue, and Agent Pax, you circled up with the Daylight Society to share everything that went down. The Entity's new dominion over the Plane of Memory, the vision of magic being sealed away, and Augie Vol's seeming role behind it all. That last bit prompted Pax and Kristen to chime in as well, sharing that Augie was the architect of the VR headset that you'd used to track the monster, and had orchestrated JR's ill-fated Getty heist to acquire the Sublime and Temperance. Leon's photos of the clandestine meeting aboard the Skyway gondola suddenly put the whole cabal scheming into sharp focus. With the unveiling of Imagine Lab's new VR technology just three days away, you and your allies set to work figuring out how best to assess and thwart their plans. Constance went full spy games with a plan to bug all of their phones and homes, while JR plotted a day of heist to steal the headset from the launch event. Just as you were beginning to get your feet under you, however, you discovered a notice from the City of Firmament taped to your door informing you that Constance's studio was being condemned. Under the orders of the new mayor, Mayor Pro Tem, Jim Mori. We're going to pick up right there. Now I'm not particularly involved in local politics, but I have no idea who Jim Mori is. Anybody here? Daylight folks? Leon? Eve? Yeah, that was a real uh, surprise. Nobody's really heard of him, I from the people I've talked to, it sounds like he's some kind of shadowy donor. He's worked behind the scenes, but nobody expected the council to vote him in as mayor pro tem. It's usually the council president or some other placeholder, but according to the firmament charter, they can technically pick anyone. Do you know him? Constance looks over and goes, pro tem means for the time being. And I think that's quite sinister. Just like looks <laughs> looks over at everybody. <laughs> I Very satisfied know. with her Latin. I think everyone nods sagely. I only know one Jim, but his last name isn't Mora. So no. Constance kicks you a little bit. What? <laughs> Come on, Alvin. Think think this one through a little bit. What? I met we met a Jim. James? Right. Jimothy? Yes. What was his last name? Keep his going. name was Moriarty. Okay, now say the the pro tem mayor's name again. Jim Mora. Mori. Jim, oh, I read it wrong. <gasps> oh my God. There we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Constance pats you on the, on the shoulder like, there you go, bud. But he, how? We ditched him back in otherwhere. I mean, at this point, is like the, in the how middle of really otherwhere. that important as like the why? Uh, kind of. <laughs> I mean, we did Shim with Prairie, who also was not, I'd say, our number one fan. Oh, yeah. So if they teamed up and decided to crack the safe that is getting from Otherwhere to here, like, I would not be surprised if Prairie was also involved here. Okay, right. But this how is is creating a lot of issues for us right now that are very important to consider. Again, that's why I want to go fight him. Hold on. How? Constance, do you think I shouldn't fight him? Because I can't think of any reason I shouldn't fight him. I have one. 
You need to plan yes. the heist. Oh, I have God two. How many it. harm away from dying are you? Oh, that's a very valid point. <laughs> I guess my question is, so like, Constance, what if I poison him? I mean, look. Uh, Cecilia looks at you and says, you want to assassinate the mayor pro tem? I didn't say poison and kill him. I just meant like incapacitate him. You know, really bad food poisoning can last like a very long time. Jasper's like, I mean, that's not the worst idea. That's a Little ringing endorsement. Celebratory if I ever whiskey. Heard one. Not the worst idea. On the rocks. <laughs> well, yeah, I actually have no no qualms with that at all. My bigger issue is uh, we have a limited amount of time, and we sure. have a lot of things that we need to do. And I guess my yes. question is. Can someone connect the dots for me on how this helps us save the world? And I don't mean that sarcastically. I mean, literally connect the dots for me because I am not seeing it right now. Well, Constance, your apartment is a protected space and you also seem to have a large amount of useful weaponry. And if your apartment is condemned, there goes our hideaway. Yeah, they're trying to rattle us. Look at this thing. And Leon holds it up. It says we have three days to vacate. Oh, okay. See, I had not noticed the three days aspect. I was like, this seems like a problem for later. Okay. I understand a little better. Okay. Yeah, it sorry. is a I problem for later. Three that. days later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so this is happening at the exact same time. Yeah. Yeah. They're coming for us. They clearly know that we're looking to come after them. So they're trying to distract us. And all I'm saying is, yes, we need to have a plan to deal with this, but it cannot be our number one plan because that's what they want. They want us to be distracted by this and not deal with the fact that I'm going to go ahead and assume the world is ending in three days. I think that's what we're dealing with here. It's not going to be good. My guardian sense says that they're trying to reopen one of the magical seals. Look, I love I love this place and we need to make sure we keep it. But that needs to be priority number one. That saving this studio and everything in it, I'm going to say that's like priority 2.5. Okay. I would advise that we never leave the apartment fully uninhabited. There always needs to be at least one person here. Yes. And that person needs to be armed to the teeth. <laughs> I'm happy to hang out here and just kick it for a little bit. I can do that. Okay. So look, I do like this poison plan. And if you will give me liberty, I will find a way to make it happen because we've got a heist to plan. We've got to bug a bunch of people. We've got a lot going on. So this is probably a good time to maybe take a step back and talk about some of the things that the three of you want to do over the next three days. So Constance, you want to make some listening devices, some bugs that the Daylight Society can use to really set your whole spy game plan in motion. And then you were also interested in following up personally with your mother. JR, you had talked about a quieter conversation with Agent Pax and then potentially also following up with Chief Stoney. And Alvin, you wanted to connect back up with your sister. Yeah. And if we need some infiltration of the mayor's office, we do have a history. We're familiar <laughs> with the building. That's very true. My head's fitting because it's bigger than we thought. It's not just Augie Vall and a cabal around him trying to bust stuff open. But if indeed Jim Moriarty, with the help of Prairie, is working with the same cabal, that means that they also have the support of Otherware, who didn't seem particularly keen at 
opening up magic again. Or maybe they did. I don't exactly remember. <laughs> Morgana was very adamant that magic had to be kept sealed away. That's what it I was thought. pretty yeah. unclear, though, how the rest of Otherware felt. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Morgana wanted it to remain sealed because it would mean war and devastation. Prairie was primarily concerned with us infiltrating their zone, so maybe there's some retaliation. It's just because Otherware is one of the three other places that aren't Earth. <laughs> there's Earth, Otherware, the Plane of Memory, and another one. The Hereafter. The Hereafter, which we don't know anything about. So if they're all working together, this is tricky. I want to know more about what the plan, what their yeah. plan is, and what the deal is. Because if we go try to knock out Moriarty, okay, if we, I don't think this is a a plan that's in motion that's going to be disrupted just by breaking one headset either. It's a spy game. We need want more some info. info. Need some intel. I think all of this needs to start with Constance. Your tracking devices. If y'all want to talk more, that's fine. But I think that's kind of the linchpin of all of your operations here. Yeah, the plan changes dramatically if that doesn't work out. (laughs) Yeah, because then we have no info. Yeah, yeah. So why don't we get started there, Constance, with you in the workshop with your good buddy, Stan. Tell me a little bit about what this looks like. I think Stan walks in with a bag Just a big old bag of old electronics. There's a bunch (laughs) of old iPhones. And by old, I just mean like one generation behind. (laughs) Oh, phones he recovered at the ski resort. I didn't ask. He (laughs) offered that as an explanation, but I purposely didn't ask. I don't need to know. But yeah, just a bunch of a bunch of phones. And then also a bunch of very creepy looking spy cameras so like very small little cameras and like some of them are new like but some of them the new ones in the packaging are like you can discreetly put this in any room in your house and it's like why would you do that stan why do you got a bag full of nanny cams yeah why do you have a yeah well that was the other thing and then some of them are in things already like uh the eye of a teddy bear listen you know, before I got to Tinsel, there were a couple duds. You know, not every toy makes the cut. And <laughs> some of those toys had spy eyes, okay? <laughs> mm. So you and Stan start sifting through all of these spare yes. parts, and we get a montage of you soldering and assembling these devices. And I'm going to have you give me a roll with Weird Science. So you have the alternate weird move, past lives, but your workshop gives you access to weird science as well, as long as you're there, and as long as you have Stan's help. Yes. So go ahead and give me a roll plus weird. Ooh, big money. Give me all the biggest numbers. That is a 10. On a 10 or more, you pick two requirements for this device. It needs a rare and or weird material. It won't be very reliable. It requires huge amounts of power or fuel. It will take a long time to get working, or it won't work exactly as you intended. I think it requires huge amount of energy, and it won't work exactly as intended. What sort of power or fuel does it require, and how does it draw from that? Because these are wireless mobile devices, so uh, Mm -hmm. what does that look like? Yeah, I think that it defo makes the Wi-Fi dip like ridiculously in whatever room they're in. It's almost like you're in a dead zone. Bandwidth hit, yeah. Yeah, it takes up a ton of bandwidth because it's live feeding the video back to us. 8K video streamed. Pirates the nearby Wi-Fi, basically. (laughs) 
Yeah, so like everyone in a room with a bug is like, why is the internet not working? Okay, and it won't work exactly as you intended. Yes. I have an idea for that. Okay, I was going to say, I bet you want to take that one. So you and Stan put together enough of these devices for anyone who's going to go distribute one to have one. As I recall, Eve is going to go try to tap Jorgen Eklund. Detective Galvan is going to follow up with Chief Stoney. And Constance, you are going to have a conversation with your mom. And do we want to give one to Alvin with the mayor? Pro tem. Sure. Yeah. I feel like the mayor is an angle now that we didn't previously know, but now with the condemnation, the the mayor pro tem in connection to perhaps Prairie and what's going on in the rest is something that's probably important to learn about. And Augie and the senator are fairly unreachable for us with our current resources. Yeah. Yeah. So you assemble, I think it takes you, you know, the better part of the morning and and maybe the early afternoon, but you assemble four of these devices. Uh, The Wi-Fi no longer works in your studio uh, while they're here, (laughs) Um, but hopefully that will not be an issue soon. So you're going to take one and Alvin is going to take one uh, for your individual endeavors. But I have also written a custom move for the Daylight Society members who are going out to use these. This custom move is called Spy Games. Yeah. When you deploy the Daylight Society members to conduct espionage against the Cabal, roll plus sharp. On a 10 plus, hold two and everyone gets out clean. On a seven and nine, you can Mm. hold one without repercussions or hold two and deal with the fallout. On a miss, you and your allies overplay your hand. You may reveal critical information, lose the advantage, or play into a trap. So, Constance, go ahead and give me a roll, plus sharp. Yeah. You are going to take a minus one on this roll, (gasps) because these devices don't work exactly as you intended. (gasps) Uh, Specifically, the dramatic impact that they have on nearby (laughs) Wi-Fi makes people a little suspicious. (laughs) (laughs) Like hold their phone outside the room and then in the room and then outside the room and in the room. Hmm. That's a 13 minus one. That's a 12. Do what you want to do. Oh, damn. Jim Mori's in there like, (laughs) no, Wi-Fi's not working. How can I call my friend Prairie and tell him about my secret plans to open the seal of magic? (laughs) (laughs) Right? So Constance and Alvin, we'll get to your individual sort of efforts uh, in a bit, but what this role really represents is Eve and Detective Galvan and what they learn. So Constance, go ahead and hold two, and you can spend them on the following questions. What can it do? What is going to happen? What should I be on the lookout for? Who is really in control here? Or what is being concealed here? The Discord's going to love these custom moves, Quinn. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. horny for custom moves. Oh, they they're are. so horny for them. <laughs> they are. They're good at writing them, too. Yeah, it's yeah. great in there. All right, gang, what do we think? I certainly Boy. want to know, I mean, who is really in control here is an interesting one, because we think we know the answer, but then the fact that Moriarty and Prairie are involved. Yeah, and we don't it- know what Dorian's been up to either. Yeah. Since he just kind of walked away and was like, I've got better things to do. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what can it do and what is going to happen are kind of similar, but also seems pretty important. Yeah. What could be on the lookout for? Also very important. All the above, please. Can we roll this three times? (laughs) Nope. I think. (laughs) Damn it. 
Okay, I think one question that I want is who's really in control here so that we know whose head we need to cut off? What do you all think for the second question? We don't know what is going to happen. We know a couple things that are happening. There's a monster in the plane of memory. There's a headset prototype that's connected to it somehow. And we know Otherware is full of magic. And we are pretty sure there's a seal in Colorado National Labs that we have a piece of. And we know the key is a very important part of this. But like, I don't know what's, what are they trying to do? Yeah, what do they want? (laughs) What do they want? Is that one? No, that's not one. Okay, so we can eliminate perhaps what can it do? Yes, I think we can eliminate that because we know that maybe this isn't the worst case scenario, but at the very least, it could destroy the plane of memory and create some massive war and all that. Like, we know bad things that can happen, right? Bad bad shit, yes. Bad enough that we know we don't want this to happen. (laughs) Right, there's no good that comes out of it. Okay, so we can cross that one out. So we decided that we want who's really in control here. And we think perhaps that would encompass, it won't, but... We can tell ourselves that it would encompass what should I be out the well, that's what should I be on the lookout for, not who should I mm-hmm. ah! It could kind of encompass what is being concealed here yeah. if the, if someone in control isn't who we think it is. Yeah. Because if we do ask who's really in control? And the answer's like, oh I'll give all like, damn. <laughs> but then at least we know it's not that's some true. larger plot. That's true. I think we're down to what is going to happen right. or what should I be on the lookout for. Quinn, can we ask one, get the answer, and then ask another based on the answer to that question? Yep, totally. Okay, let's do who's really in control because it was the first one we picked. Yeah. And tell us, Quinn, you mean man of mean (laughs) questions. They're helpful questions. The questions are here to help you. Uh Oh, fuck off. (laughs) Uh, Okay, who is really in control here? I think what you pick up from Jorgen Eklund is a short conversation between him and who you glean is Augie Vall. And I think from that, you glean a couple things that indicate pretty clearly that Augie is in charge. The first is a report from Jorgen Eklund about a deal that he made on behalf of Augie with Prairie, specifically enlisting Prairie's help in what he calls the endeavor. Doesn't go into any details, but says that he conveyed the terms to Prairie and Prairie was agreeable and they can count on Otherware's support. Uh-oh. Hmm. Uh-oh. 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 We're going to have to fight that green knight again. <laughs> so who to. is really in control here? Augie Vol. Okay. What could he possibly have given his terms to Otherware? Oh, that's creepy. It makes me think that they like agreed, like, we'll send you so many humans yeah. to play with. Yeah, plug into the headset and you just get zapped into another wear theater. Uh-huh. How does that help Augie? I just don't, I don't understand. No. Okay. Do we all agree at this point that Augie Vol is probably not a human? Oh. I'm pretty sure it's he's a not a human. possibility. It's unsure. Like, what, what does he gain as a human doing all this? You have... One more hold. Yes, yeah, one yeah, more yeah. hold. Okay, I, fine. My, my vote's on what's going to happen. That's not me trying to hurry you up. It's me saying you can answer this question. <laughs> I know, I know, I, I actually know. think the discussion um, we're having is Hannah, great. how do you feel about that? I mean, I really want to know who we should be on the lookout for just because I worry about our safety. But I think what is going to happen, isn't that the one that both of you really wanted to get answered? 
Well, it helps us so that we know what we're walking into. If we're if our current plan is yeah. go to the go to the reveal, somehow get a headset and break it. What does that do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Also, we might be able to answer more of these with other roles later. So yes. I think it is good to know what exactly is the hell mouth that we are opening or yes. that is going to open. Okay. What is going to happen? Quinn, tell us. From the Chief Stony feed. This one is even more secure. Stony is much more careful than Jorgen Eklund. But mm-hmm. I think you catch a short snippet of conversation. And I don't think you know necessarily who it's with. But you hear him say, Are we sure everybody's going to be safe for the return? You going to have this thing under control? I'll do my part, but you got to do yours. If we're going to shatter the seal, we better be ready. What is going to happen? They are going to break the seal of magic. <laughs> I mean, That's come right. on! What happens when they break the seal? <laughs> Why would Stony be down to break the seal? What, what is the? I, see here. Here's what I. Do, this is not to you, Quinn. I get it. You're not going to give us these answers right now. <laughs> to Jr. To Alvin here. What I'm struggling with is that I do not understand anyone's motivation. Like, what is motivating them to do this? And I know they all have a reason. They clearly all have a reason, and we can mm-hmm. kind of like maybe guess some of the reasons for otherware if like. We'll hand you so many humans for your place and it'll be yours or whatever. But like. So we know about the seal is it breaking it just introduces magic back into the world. And we and I think Stoney's wife is sick. So maybe he thinks that using magic is a way to save them. Bringing magic back into the world so that he can use magic could be a pretty good angle for that. Dude, why didn't he ask me? And he was curious about the key. He borrowed it for a bit, didn't yeah. he? So maybe he tried to use the key and it didn't work for oh, him. He's not inherently linked to it the way I am. Yeah. So I think a lot of the human motivations are looking at magic as a fix-all for w- either whatever problem they have or whatever greed they contain. Right. But then with some sort of guarantee that something horrific isn't going to happen to the entire world by reintroducing magic. Because I-, I got the gist that reintroducing magic would create some sort of catastrophe in some way that would make it kind of a moot point if you're ill or not. Am I just reading so that wrong? My guess and my and my read is introducing magic just introduces a new tool that's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you invent the atomic bomb, that can bring world devastation and and terrible things, but people still want it. Okay, so this is just a group of incredibly egotistical humans. The humans in this group are megalomaniacs who think that (laughs) they can control magic and therefore it'll all be fine. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's never gone wrong in history. So my mom is one of these people. Great. And also that tracks 100%. Uh, who else? So, so I'm then- going to use magic to make my daughter go to an interview. <laughs> <laughs> Constance, you suddenly feel compelled to put on slacks. Oh, my <laughs> God. No. And this is all a way for me to go back and get my master's. That's all this was about. You wake up in a cold sweat and you've been filling out grad school applications. <laughs> Okay, all right. Thank you for taking that dive with me. I just re- I ne- I needed to talk it out to get it. I mm-hmm. guess then the yeah. thing that I still 
I still am a little hazy on that is like what Augie Vall gets out of this. But I think it depends control on whether Augie Vall is a human or not. He's the tech billionaire who thinks he can control the world and is a genius. Uh, yeah, that's a very possible and common thing. I guess my reason for wanting to figure out if he's a human or not is that that kind of changes the poison game. Does it? Does it just mean we got to up it? My immediate hunch is that he probably is because we've only met Dorian outside of Otherware, who's kindred. Mm-hmm. In terms of other non-humans we've met outside of Otherware, there have been some monsters, which are kind of the leftover remnants of when magic was sealed. Mm-hmm. We met Augie inside the... I know, but we met him first in oh, on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> he's, okay. he's been on Earth for a long time before That's then. That's true. And then has been doing stuff at Imagine Labs that got him to the plane of memory with a bunch of machinery on him. He wasn't just like floating there in his his true form. Yes. You know what? And all we know. Yeah. And all we know about the plane of memory is that Anansi sealed it away with himself eons ago. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So are we all in a more or less agreement that at least at the current moment, we're going to treat it as if these are a bunch of humans and then a couple of kindred that we already hate? Yes. Great. No qualms with throwing either of them down the stairs. Um, Awesome. Okay. Cut that part. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Hey, folks. Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning into episode 52 of Monster Hour. I hope you're enjoying our little extended interlude slash spy games mini arc here. The Real Monster is genre adherence, and we will not live in fear on this podcast. No, sir. As always, I want to thank everyone for helping to introduce new folks to the show by leaving us a rating and review, giving us a shout on social media, or recommending us to a friend. These things all help us climb the charts, appear in recommendation sections, and show up on folks' timelines, which is really the only advertising we have as an indie podcast. And hey, if you're listening on Podcatcher that doesn't let you leave a rating and review, like, you know, 40% of you listening on Spotify, for instance, You can always go to podchaser.com, basically the IMDb of podcasts, to show us some love. I'm going to toss it over to Sarah to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor this episode. Hi everyone, it's me, Sarah. As a lycanthrope, I'm lycan my new daily, well, hourly, grooming routine. Do the thing! No, Alvin, I'm not going to read that. Listen, let's be real for a minute. Everybody has body hair. Some folks want to let it fly, and that's awesome. Other folks would rather rock a clean cut. If you're like me and want to trim things back from time to time, you should try Manscaped. I know what you're thinking, but don't let the name fool you. Manscaped products are great for people of any gender identity. Designed for men just means high quality enough that men aren't scared to use them downstairs. For instance, the Crop Shaver Razor, say that three times fast, is clutch for legs, armpits, and other sensitive areas most men don't even worry about. You don't need to use magic to get a close clean cut at home. Manscaped has a line of products so extensive that it puts even the studio bath caddy to shame. So head on over to manscaped.com and use the code MHOUR, that's M-H-O-U-R, to get 20% off your purchase and free shipping. Again, that's MHOUR at manscaped.com. That's all we've got for you this week, folks. We'll be back with episode 53 of Monster Hour on July 6th. See you then. JR. Yes.
Agent Pax asked to have a conversation with you away from some of the hubbub of all of this activity with the Daylight Society and the Cabal. And I think as the morning and early afternoon unfolds, the studio slowly gets less and less busy as tasks are completed and folks begin to head out on their their assignments. Would you and Pax talk at the studio or would you head somewhere else? I am very hurt. Physically, not mentally. I am also hurt mentally at this betrayal. That's true. You are still in pretty bad shape. Right. So I think what I'm going to do is this is an opportunity for me to try to heal myself. And this would also be an opportunity. You know, maybe this is an opportunity for Pax to, uh, if they have any magical abilities, which we, the listeners, know. Uh, but JR doesn't necessarily know. Mm, you might have an inkling after the, what happened this I have, morning, but <laughs> I have some. Sus- I I am sus- I am sus, as the kids say. <laughs> but uh, this might be an opportunity if Pax wanted to lend a helping hand to Team <laughs> Stop JR's internal bleeding. So you're using some magic here. Yes. Okay. What does it look like? I think we've established that at this point, I'm really not having to say whatever word I need done out loud. You know, it certainly helps for like dramatic effect. But if I think about it long enough and really concentrate on it, I can do it just mentally. And so I think I'm sitting there and I've got the key in one hand and I'm trying to do some healing magic. And I think I see Pax and I go, you know, you want to help out here? It was a little rough through the rift. Took took a look in. I think they're standing kind of at the other end of the studio. They've kind of just been watching everything unfold. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, they've chimed in and offered some advice or a little bit of assistance, but mostly they've just been watching. And as you address this comment to them, they head over your direction and say, how do you do that? What, with the key? Yes. I don't know. You're the one who gave it to me. Did you know what you were giving me when you handed this over? We knew it was a conduit of sorts, that it could channel arcane energy, and certainly that it could open anything, but I've never seen it do anything like what it does with you. Huh. I can't make it do that. Have you tried? We used it as a conduit. I have used it to aid my magics. Mm-hmm. Go on, your magics. Keep, keep, keep going. But it doesn't alter the fundamentals. It doesn't remove the necessity for signs, sigils, markings, the alignment of ley lines, mapping of convergences. Magic is complex. To perform even the most basic spell requires years of practice and preparation and the proper conditions. But not for you. Yeah, that sounds super fucking boring. Man, (laughs) I would have tapped out like two weeks into that. No, thank you. I don't know how it works. It just felt intuitive. It used to be that I needed to say what I wanted it to do, so... uh... Let's see, there was that time when I used it to get me out of some handcuffs, so that didn't work super duper well then. There was a time, I've used it to put up shields a couple times. That's been pretty Protection effective. Protection spell, yes. 
Oh, how much do you remember about before you got your memory back? I promise this is going somewhere. There will be an explanation here. I'm just curious. Now I remember all of it. So you remember that neat little trick that I did where I could, like, make the past come alive? Like, go back in time, but in, like, a really select area? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was, was- fascinating to behold. That was pretty fun. That was a that was a neat trick. I was pretty proud of that one. Yes, I have borne witness to many of your arcane feats. And then sometimes- But I don't understand how. It doesn't work the way it's supposed to. So one time- I don't know what happened, but I I tried to do something and it gave me cotton candy hands. There was a small child who had gotten a, a wish granted and the wish was to turn everything into candy and he touched me. And so I tried to use the key to stop me from turning into candy and it worked, but not super well. So I had cotton candy hands for a while. They stifle a small laugh. <laughs> Don't laugh. There was cotton candy coming out of them. It was a nightmare. Have you ever tried to walk around with cotton candy hands? It was, oh, God. Fortunately, I cannot say that I have. There was a lot more shit going on, so nobody was paying attention to the cotton candy hands. But that was a very, uh that was a very personally traumatizing event was having cotton candy hands. But, uh, yeah, so sometimes, it, and sometimes it doesn't work at all, and things just go real bad. I tried to put up a shield once, and instead I got stuck. Yeah. I couldn't move. <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> Man, I've forgotten about that one. That's when we were fighting the giant mushroom. Ah, memories. Everything I know about magic, everything that I have ever learned about it, is about how to shape it, how to bend it in very specific and precise ways, how to make it obey certain tenets. The vestiges of magic that remain around the seals and along the ley lines that connect them, that hold magic itself in. Those remnants, if you follow the proper invocations and you draw specific sigils and runes which have been passed down for centuries now, and the circumstances are right, you can perform certain spells. I'm not surprised that sometimes it does not work the way you want it to, JR, but <laughs> it certainly listens more to you than to some old spells. You want to see me try something with it? I would be delighted. All right, Quinn, I would like to try and do a little magic demonstration. I would like to try to heal myself. Give me a roll to use magic. That is a 10. On a 10 plus, the magic works as you intended. Heal one harm. All right. Just like that. Just like that. From the pocket on their suit vest, they pull out a thin sheet of paper. It looks like a small scroll almost. And on it is printed what looks like some hand-drawn sigils. And JR, I think you actually recognize some of them from your key. They're repeated over in different iterations and patterns. And Pax holds it up and says, These are the binding sigils that I need to even begin to capture that effect. I hold up the key and I go, Ooh, look, matching! Yes. It's the script of the first sorcerers, passed down from generation to generation. So, and I want to get some more information about this, because this is really, ooh, ooh, secret society? Secret mm. secrets? Love it. Love it. This is great. Pax, what's your aim here? 
What's your goal? Obviously, you think we're doing something right if you're sticking around here and not, say, calling the FBI and letting them know that there's a, a known criminal who's just been, like, hanging out here. I mean, I was gone for a while, so you could have called and they would have been like, I don't see anybody here. This seems like a bunch of bullshit, but why are you here with us and not selling me out to the FBI? Because I believe that the threat is far more significant than you, Jr. I don't know whether to be insulted or, like, excited. Like, a little bit of both, because I'm like, oh, goddammit. I'm not nearly as much of a threat as a cabal that's intent on breaking magical seals and bringing, I don't know, what kind of entity to this world to eat everybody's memories and minds and just, like, wreak havoc. Like, okay, that makes sense. It to totally makes sense. Jair, I don't think that you need to feel threatened by the return of a world-altering power. What do I need to be afraid of? Oh, I mean, your ego doesn't need to be threatened by that. Oh. You should be very afraid. Okay. We okay. all should. Yeah. We should be terrified. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would be if I weren't just still like real sore, a little ouchy. Yes, I am definitely worried about like everybody that I've ever known becoming food for a evil cosmic jellyfish. That sounds really bad. You have been patient in answering my questions. To yours, JR. My assignment here was to bring you in. After my failure, abject and colossal, at the Getty Art Museum, <laughs> where I lost not only the Sorcerer's Key, a high-level fugitive, but also loosed a supernatural entity of significant power, Onto the world. I have been, I guess you could call it on probation. Oh, <laughs> you're on double secret probation. <laughs> that is a very generous way of describing my status within the Bureau of Aberrant Events. Oh, you're on their <laughs> shit list. Oh, buddy. <laughs> you're like one wrong move and we're going to can your ass. We're just watching you. We're watching you, Pax. Always watching. Continue. Sorry, I'm having a little bit of a joke at your expense. Keep going. I, I want to hear more. I was given the opportunity to redeem myself by bringing you in once we discovered that it was you who was behind the intrusion into the Colorado National Laboratory, where an item of significant interest is being kept. I think you know what I'm referring to. The world's biggest supply of marshmallows. I know. I really want to. No, I know what it is. It's the seals down there. Marshmallows would be really nice, though. They would be. To be more accurate, I suppose, as I discovered, most of the seal. I trust you still have the piece that we returned. Quinn, where did we put it? I don't know that we said. <laughs> I assume you brought it back to the studio. Yeah, we probably did. Oh, I know where it is. It's in an NPR tote bag. <laughs> You're just keeping part of a Sitting seal holding magic, <laughs> containing magic, <laughs> holding it in, in an NPR tote bag. <laughs> yep, couch. yep. It's sort of like fallen slightly sideways over. It's like poking out a little bit. It's ah, in our it Nina Totenberg yep. backpack. Or <laughs> yes, Nina Totenberg when, tote. Yep. I kind of like look around the room a little bit when Pax mentions the seal. I kind of, oh yeah, there it is. You see the bag over there? I'm not going to get up and get it. My legs hurt. But yeah, it's over there. 
It's it's safe. They shudder a little bit. Like they just sort of twitch involuntarily. Mm, that's perfectly safe in here. It's fine. We knew where it was the whole time. Yes, luckily the studio is very well protected. It is. Magic. My assignment was to bring you in. And I got quite close when I also discovered that you had a piece of the seal here. My mission parameters changed. And that's when I found myself crosswise of the memory monster, as you put it. It is now quite clear to me, on the ground, that you are not the threat. Augie Vall is. Unfortunately, my superiors do not agree. So I have... Gone rogue? Oh, sick! Awesome! Up top! Yeah, Pax! I hold up my hand for a high five. They very surreptitiously deliver a high five onto yeah, your hand. Yeah, we're going to have to practice this, but, you know, it's a good start. Oh, gone rogue. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, I love it. I love it. You've come to the dark side. Join us. I think I misjudged where the dark side was. Yep. <laughs> yep. That happens a lot. So here I am, ready to help. Fantastic. Well... The first thing you could do is maybe try one of your healing spells on me. And I'm not the only one who's a little banged up after that last adventure. Let's start there. It will take me some time to get all of the sigils and drawings and markings and to align the energies around this piece of the seal. But yes, I am happy to aid in that. That would be awesome. And I'm wondering... If maybe, with our powers combined, we can do more magic together, like I can speed up your process, I think that's worth looking into as well. Our styles seem quite different, but I would be curious to explore some partnership together. Yeah, all right. Do you have any questions? Sure do. You mentioned the the Bureau of, what was it? The Bureau of Aberrant Events. Bay? We prefer Bureau of Aberrant Events. Your institution is Bay. <laughs> it's Bay. Oh, I love it. Okay, you can okay. call me Bay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pax. Is this a subset within the FBI? Or is this like, I'm in the FBI, but I'm actually in Bay? <laughs> it is complicated. Before we were the Bureau of Aberrant Events, we had many names in many places. The Knights Templar, Order of the Assassins, White Lotus, Illuminati, Freemasons. The occasions that our operations have emerged in the public eye, we have always garnered certain monikers. But before all of that, in the beginning... We were the Unnatural Order. The Unnatural Order? That sounds spooky. I believe in your journeys with your friend Alvin, he has conveyed to you about the Guardians. Yeah. Those magical creatures that protect the seals, or did, at least. I mean, he's trying his best, okay? Think of us as the human counterpart. The Unnatural Order was founded by those humans that helped with the sealing. And we have taken many forms in many places since then, but we have always sought to leverage resources where they exist. 
And in recent years, that has meant partnering with the United States federal government, a partnership known as the Bureau of Apparent Events. Follow-up question. Did you join the FBI first and then the Bureau or the Bureau of Aberrant Events and then the FBI? Unnatural order first, always. All right. Okay. You're like a spy. Oh, man. This is dope. Pax. Amazing. Amazing work. Love this. Loving this for you. Thank How you. did you become a part of the Bay? <laughs> As a child, I always found that I did not fit in, sensitive to certain things that others were not, things I now recognize as magic, the presence of magic, its faint ripples from seals and across ley lines. The Bureau of Aberrant Events has people who look for people like me, people like us, I suppose. I was trained since I was a child. It's perhaps the only way that anyone who does not possess a connection to the key like yours can gain any modicum of control over magic. And so even if you get fired from the FBI for not collaring a known criminal, you clearly had no sights. Like, I was right there. Do you know how close you came to... Never mind. I'll tell you later once all of this is over. So even if you get fired from the FBI, you're still going to be a part of that bay. Oh, I am not worried at all about the FBI. My concern is with the Bureau of Aberrant Defense and the Unnatural Order. And you don't get fired. You don't get fired from the FBI? You don't get fired from the Unnatural Order. Oh, okay. I was like, I'm pretty sure you can get fired from the FBI. I'm pretty sure you can fuck up bad enough that they'll fire you from the FBI. Okay, follow-up question to that. A lot of follow-up questions. Does that mean once we get out of this, are you going to turn me into the FBI? If we get out of all of this... It will only be through your help and cooperation. Okay. The Bureau of Aberrant Events cannot allow someone to wander freely with the key. It's too great a risk. But I will not turn you in. That's interesting. Just going to file that one away as well. One last question, and then I'm going to want you to start setting up that healing magic, because we all could use a little bit of that here. The seals, have you been monitoring the rest of them, keeping the rest of them protected? Yes. To the extent possible, we keep tabs on them, the fluctuations in the energy and output, anyone or anything that approaches or attempts to interact with one. Many are physically inaccessible, but some are not. Yes, we have tracked them closely. Okay. All right, let's get to work. We got a lot of stuff to do in the next couple days, and I'm going to need all the help you can give me. Hopefully it is enough. Alvin. hmm You wanted to have a conversation with Sarah. Yeah. Where is that happening? I mean, we kind of wanted to, wanted to do it away from things. Maybe we're stopping by Alvin's apartment before going to the town hall. So you and Sarah have stopped in at your apartment. How long has it been since you've spent any significant time at your apartment? This whole arc, at least. (laughs) (laughs) The wild thing is this past arc actually only took like a couple of days. Yeah. Even though it was 10 episodes. But I would imagine it would feel a little strange. Mm -hmm. 
feels different for sure. He's been through a lot since he last was in his mundane little apartment of of human concern. I mean, disposal smells pretty bad. (laughs) Sing needs some cleaning, which I think he jumps to as he leaves Sarah to kind of prep the bug in the our now well-prepared bag of Tuhu's tech news infiltration <laughs> You still get tools. to do your heist. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Alvin just starts like washing up some of the dishes that he, he'd left since now he's he has the time now to kind of prepare the apartment for maybe not coming back for a while. Yeah. There's kind of just a moment of silence. Then he asks like, so I have been gone for a little while, but uh, how have you been? I don't know, Alvin. I'm sorry. Worried? Yeah. Worried about you. I'm glad you're back. Yeah, me too. I know you're a big hero now, but I I hate it when you go. I know. Makes you feel any better? I was I didn't plan on staying away that long this time. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. But I do want to clarify. You you guys weren't in the plane of memory for like a long time or anything. That's true. That's true. We were all panicking together for most of that. Okay. Any more transformations? I know things have been a little crowded. It can be difficult to just repress it. And I mean, everybody there knows knows about me. Have you told anyone? Yeah, the Daylight Society members know. Okay. Can you feel it, Alvin? That feeling of being satiated just beyond the reach of your fingertips? Like you could get it if you just stretched and she straightens her fingers and five thick hooked claws emerge they're a little stouter than yours alvin a little more person than lupin yeah alvin just kind of like holds his hand up and looks down at that and kind of like articulates his fingers a little bit yeah all the all the time it's close alvin mm-hmm. i think i think i've been hungry my whole life, Alvin. I don't think I realized it until now, but I think I've always been just a little hungry. Always missing just a little piece. Yeah, I've learned a little bit about what's going on in that memory place. We have a generational task baked into us, if you will. There is a little piece missing. I've seen it. Maybe that's why Dad spent his whole life working a farm he hates. Yeah. Because deep down, even if he didn't understand why, he knew something was missing and it wasn't out there in the world. Not in this world. Maybe that's what drove us to leave and look and search. Alvin... I know we're supposed to be trying to stop whatever bizarro scheme the CNL dweebs are working on, but (laughs) what if this is it? What if this is the something more we've always been searching for, Alvin? You mentioning a little little piece is kind of something's clicked in in here. I've, I've seen it. I've seen the piece. And I think we're on the right track. To kind of settle this hunger of ours thing that's a little worrisome is if we're successful, what then? 
Alvin, what do you think is success here? If stopping this cabal and fixing up the seal is what has been driving me to do stuff my whole life. But what if that's not what's driving you, Alvin? We're not entirely human. No. Part of us is magic. And what if that's the part that's missing? See what you're saying. Alvin, don't we deserve to be whole people? You're not wrong. You may just see things a little bit differently here on this one. If you picture a plate, circular, continuous design around the edges and whole, and that plate is dropped, there are hundreds of little pieces of, of plate, unconnected, scattered across the floor. Picture that. How does that make you feel? Angry. Remorseful. Incomplete. Yeah. Alva drops the plate. Swoosh. <laughs> I think when it hits the ground, Sarah flinches. And in just a moment, she is a beast. There's fur covering her whole body. Her eyes are full moon. Her claws extended, her teeth sharp. And then very quickly, it goes back. From what I've learned, that's what we've been doing for thousands of years. Protecting these plates. And one of them's broken. Right here. I couldn't tell you what's going to happen if we let it break, if we fix it back together again. But there's something deep inside that needs the plate to be whole. I mean, I've seen one broken, shattered piece. I've touched it and I've never felt anything like that before. It's like, remember when we were little and we lick a battery, check the like <laughs> nine volts, see if it's charged. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Kind of like that, but it's like... I suppose you're right. I don't know. Deep. Things should be whole. <sighs> Listen, this. We better get this yeah. thing working and get to the town hall. Yeah. Okay. You always had a big sense of right and wrong, big brother. Appreciate that about you. Alvin gets a broom and starts <laughs> sweeping. I was like, I probably went a little far on that example. And Alvin, we see you turn and start sweeping up the broken plate, getting ready to get going. And as you turn, we see Sarah looking down at the listening device that Constance has crafted. And as she does so, she runs a single claw just over the surface. <laughs>